Welcome to the Healthcare Executive Podcast, providing you with insightful commentary and developments in the world of healthcare leadership. To learn more, visit ACHE.org. And without further ado, your host, Chris Caraggio. Hey there, welcome to another Healthcare Executive Podcast from ACHE. Today's episode is brought to you by Kindred. During these unprecedented times of social distancing and visitor restrictions, Hospitals are looking for innovative solutions to help patients stay connected with loved ones who can't visit face-to-face. Tools designed to help families connect virtually have proven to increase patient satisfaction and outcomes. To learn how Kindred can help your hospital leverage innovative solutions to increase patient and family engagement, streamline operations, and optimize rehab services during COVID-19 and beyond, visit kindredrehab.com. Well, our guest today is Roberta Schwartz. She is the Executive Vice President and Chief Innovation Officer for Houston Methodist and the CEO of Houston Methodist Hospital, which was named to the 2020 U.S. News and World Report Honor Roll for the fourth time and second consecutive year. This is also the ninth year in a row. Houston Methodist Hospital has been named the number one hospital in all of Texas. Now, in her role as Chief Innovation Officer, Roberta is responsible for advancing and expanding Houston Methodist's digital innovation platforms. She also helped drive the creation of the Center for Innovation and sits on the steering committee. We're going to talk a lot about that in just a minute. Prior to her time at Houston Methodist, Roberta was the director of business development for Mount Sinai School of Medicine in New York and a consultant and project manager to several academic medical centers. Roberta earned her master's in health science from Johns Hopkins University and an honors undergraduate degree from Barnard College at Columbia. She has a PhD from the University of Texas School of Public Health and is certified in healthcare management as a fellow of the American College of Healthcare Executives. Roberta has volunteered extensively for many nonprofit organizations, including as co-chair for New York City's Race for the Cure. She's received many honors and awards for her work, including the National Jill Ireland Award for Volunteerism and Houston's Woman of the Move Award, among others. She's also inducted into the Greater Houston's Women Hall of Fame back in 2016 and received ACHE's Regents Award in 2019. Roberta, thank you so much for joining the Healthcare Executive Podcast. It's a pleasure to be with you today. Thank you so much for having me. Well, you are such a busy person, especially here during COVID-19, so we're so happy you could take a few minutes out to uh, discuss innovation and beyond. You know, it's it's actually nice to look out into the future rather than sometimes the present, Um, but it's also really important to talk about all the innovations that have um, furthered the the delivery of healthcare and the way we practice healthcare because of COVID. So I think it's kind of an ideal time to actually be sitting down and talking. Exactly. And we're going to try to cover all of that. Uh, first, let's let's sort of go back and and to, you know, we, we heard, and actually in the current time, he, there in Texas, in, in the Houston area, uh, COVID-19 hit hard. Um, uh, the whole country knows that. Um, I know you were very, very busy a few months back with everything. Can you talk about um, uh, Houston Methodists, the response to the pandemic and how it's going in your community and how your hospital dealt and is dealing with all of this? 
So I think that we have um, a lot to be proud of, um, both at Houston Methodist, but also the Texas Medical Center and the Houston community. We've done two surges at this point, and that's kind of commonly across the region. The first one was in kind of that um, March, April timeframe, and the second one was in uh, June and July. And um, all of the institutions, and I can speak to ours in particular, uh, the first one was really about 200 patients uh, hospitalized at any one time, a little over. The second one was a little over 700 patients hospitalized uh, at any one time, seven, 750. Um, and uh, we came down not as low as we were between surgeon one and two, but we're um, on our way back up a little bit. Um, my hope is that with diligent, diligent hand hygiene and uh, uh, masks and face shields and um, uh, as well as uh, social and continued uh, physical distancing, um, we can continue that trend. Now, I will tell you that um, we're, we've opened up in the state of Texas, so uh, a little bit more, um, including in some counties, bars and other uh, facilities. So schools are back in session so we'll have to see kind of what happens from here forward i do hope that uh, people stay diligent for different points in time you know we're uh, i'm sitting in a studio uh in phoenix arizona it's exactly where we are in regard as in texas so so yeah everyone's kind of waiting and and hoping that it kind of continues on this upswing but you, you never do know all right we talked about we talked about the center innovation that you, 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 you helped create and you're steering the committee. Can you talk about, I know it came through a group that you kind of dubbed the digital innovation obsessed people there at, uh, at, at the hospital and the community. Can you talk about that group and talk about the, the center and, and, and what's being accomplished? So it's really amazing that um, the name DIOP, the Digital Innovation Obsessed People, has stuck at, because it was actually, um, I joke, it was the title we put on the meeting invite because we didn't know what to um, do with a group of people who really believed that we could transform healthcare from the inside and we could really transform the organization in a variety of ways if um, we really embrace the digital technologies and what they were doing for various aspects of um, institutions. And when I say that, I really want to be careful because many people actually focus just on the direct-to-consumer, the scheduling, the billing, the getting the information out to the consumer. And it's really amazing that there are so many different aspects of an organization that we um, can transform. So for example, we're working our way through applicant tracking systems. We call that the Domino's pizza tracker of the applicants. You know, how, how do you know how you're going through the stage of the applicant and the interviewing process, um, both as the manager and as the applicant? Or um, robotic process automation, which is really focused on uh, menial tasks in whether it's finance or back-end revenue cycle or other areas. So what we did is we said, we're not just going to focus on that front end consumer um, and just the people coming in the door, that funnel to bring them in, but we're going to look at every aspect of our organization and see how each part of it can be transformed. And, and that's the neat part. Our committee really has 50% who are operators and 50% who are IT. 
Um, and, and so it's that partnership between um, IT and the operators that really has been the strength and the, the umph behind this um, digital innovation obsessed people die up and uh, what became the center for innovation. And, and I love really talking about that incredible partnership we have, which we are so blessed to have, and not every organization feels in the same way. I would imagine um, that that relationship that you're talking about between those two subgroups, those two groups, it's all based on communication though, right? Like everything else, ACHE is networking and communicating all the time, maybe over-communicating. Is that a fair point? Yeah, I think the... Um I think there's also this mystique. Well, I mean, IT can't handle it. And, you know, what the hell do those operators want to do? They haven't even designed it properly. And it's such a close set of friendships and respect for each other that we always try to make it work and have open dialogue between all of us. The other thing that's very unique and unique about our organization, which is not kind of happening everywhere, is that the operators have all kept our jobs. So I, as you read my title, right, I have a 50-50 title. I'm 50% executive vice president over our hospital and 50% in the Center for Innovation. And each one, our um, HR lead in digital technologies, our global lead of digital technology, each one of them have a day job, you know, and another day job. And and it's, I always believe that there's some value to it because whatever I push and I innovate around, I have to accept and live with. And I will tell you, the live with is really hard. So sometimes when you have these IT people and these innovation people sitting on the outside to get the operators to basically make the changes that you need to make to um, alter the job descriptions and alter the jobs becomes really hard. Well, you're pulling it off. So it, it, whether it's hard or not, it, there, there's, no, there's no question. And I would imagine that it's helped that uh, there at, at Houston Methodist, I know you've had a longstanding commitment to innovation and, and, and how these, all these groups and the staff and, and everyone can communicate and have those dialogues, right? I mean, so, so it, 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 is, is that fair to say that the culture of innovation that you've created has helped kind of move you along uh, to, to make a, a success out of the Center for Innovation? Yeah, the the um, innovation in, in our um, past and um, really where we've come from, these um, Dr. DeBakey and, and people who are constantly creating new cures and new treatments and new everything has always been there. I think the innovations in the business models and the um, technology to achieve those business models um, has been a little more in the the kind of the present and the present era, um, but but the fear of the fact that we will transform and we'll be okay on the other side, that's just ingrained in our culture. That is absolutely, you know, it's okay, you can change. We'll be fine on the other side. Don't worry, we have the stamina and the fortitude to withstand a lot of changes in the way, whether it's we practice medicine or do anything else. And I, I remember there's one picture of Houston Methodist. It's our, we just celebrated our hundred year history and uh, last year. And um, one of the pictures that got whipped out is the building of one of our hospital buildings. Um, 
in these uh, plaza where the women could spend a week in the hospital and the baby can be right beside them and they can go into the courtyard with their baby for their one to two weeks stay. And, you know, so, so think about all of those changes that have happened. And now we're witnessing this, this kind of revolution in the way digital um, technologies and virtual care and other areas are really changing our organizations. And, and, you know, it's kind of that embrace or die, you know, you need, you need to like really um, realize that this is coming and consumers are demanding it and physicians are demanding it and you, you need to be able to keep up. Yeah. Embrace change. Keep up. No question about that. Hey, just a reminder, folks, today's episode is brought to you by Kindred. During these unprecedented times of social distancing and visitor restrictions, hospitals are always looking for innovative solutions to help patients stay connected with loved ones who can't visit face-to-face. Tools designed to help families connect virtually have proven to increase patient satisfaction and outcomes. To learn how Kindred can help your hospital leverage innovative solutions to increase patient and family engagement, streamline operations, and optimize rehab services during COVID-19 and beyond, visit kindredrehab.com. Okay, so Roberta, you know, so far, you know, you've talked a lot about um, innovation and the Center for Innovation at Houston Methodist. We've also talked about you guys were hit twice, you know, with some, with some, with the pandemic, with, with uh, influx to your hospital, no question about that. Having no, if you can combine those two topics, when you're talking about dealing with patients and dealing with their families during this difficult time. How has that gone? How have you kept up and how is it going uh, uh, presently? So I think, you know, the innovations that we had in place um, with partners that were pretty much already set with the technologies that we had identified were the ones that we turned to at the beginning of the COVID um, pandemic and really said, how can you help us um, to really work with our uh, families, our caregivers? And so, yes, it was really amazing to overnight be able to really, um, and I mean quickly, train over um, 900 of our physicians to utilize all of our virtual platforms and be able to see our patients at home. So during the first surge, we saw 80% of our um, physician visits at home in addition to that, we saw physical therapy. Um, we got people home quicker so that we could kind of check in on them. So being able to kind of pivot on a dime happened because we already had all of the platforms that were available. Um, our virtual ICU, we literally, the week before um, the first patients hit Houston Methodist, we had finished wiring our main campus for all of our virtual ICU rooms. It was just beautiful. And now every one of our campuses is wired and, and done. So really that um, pivoting happened very quickly. We were able to turn our Care Pathways platform and actually make Care Pathways for our COVID patients. Um, we were able to turn on and utilize uh, Tidal Care on people's phones as attachments to do um, some of the uh, wider virtual visits that we needed. And, and I could go on and on and on down the list of all of the different technologies that got utilized. Um, all of our um, rooms were outfitted with iPads and Alexa devices and uh, everything that was needed to keep people um, comfortable. And as you keep advertising, which is really amazing and wonderful, um, a lot of family visits couldn't happen 
you know, and, and so you needed those family visits at Houston Methodist, at Kindred, at other places to be able to happen. And you had to have those technologies in place. And, and it really was um, amazing to be able to watch people embrace technologies that they may have been reticent to do, both on the consumer side and on the provider side, um, and now bring those into the mainstream. And, and I, I feel so um, blessed and lucky that we had the foundation in place, but I also feel amazed at how quickly we've moved from concept and beginning of adoption um, to like fully out there. And now like it's, it's as if we always had virtual care being 30% of our business. I mean, and what do you mean? Of course we screened the patients before they came into the door to see whether or not they were sick. Of course we do these things. And <laughs> I wanted to say to people, you know, February actually wasn't that long ago and we're still in 2020, you know, and the adoption rate's been phenomenal. Well, you sort of answered what I was going to ask next because you know, ACHE, one of the values is always lifelong learning. And so for you guys at the hospital and the Center for Innovation, you just sort of explained it that, you know, because of the pandemic, you have learned all these, these lessons moving forward that'll probably still be implemented in post-pandemic. And I guess that's those silver linings that we always look for during this time. Is, is that correct? Is that how you guys look at it? Yeah. Sorry. No, please. Uh, so I am always, always a glass half full person. Like, in fact, I'm a glass three quarters full. It's always, um, it, it is, there is not just a silver lining. There is a look at the opportunity. And um, I think that there's a great cartoon I saw that I loved. It had a picture of a CIO, a CEO, and COVID. And, and the question was, which one is the response? which one is responsible um, for the changes in healthcare, you know, and healthcare technologies. And, you know, everyone points to the COVID, you know, and, and that's really because the concepts were there, but the full adoption was going like inch by inch by inch by inch. And um, the difference that we've had is that it was like, you know, a steam engine came through, you know, where we had a very slow train before and, and, you know, here we go. Oh my God, you know, now we're going to barrel down, you know, the tracks and, and that's really what happened. So when I look at this pandemic, we will be forever changed by all of the technologies that got um, quickly adapted into our culture. And now what you're seeing is, oh my God, what's next? Like what, what goes on top next of the technologies? And um, one of the things we've got to be careful of is that it's really easy to have inertia stead in and say, okay, well, we got to 30% you know, of our visits. Is 30% the right number? Can we drive that up with additional technology in the home? You know, is, um, are there more things that we can do to surround these technologies and these people and arm them to do um, more of the care you know, at their bedside in their home than it is bringing them into a facility. And again, that's a little scary for hospitals, you know, who are based on filling up, you know, but it changes a lot of the dynamics and, and what we can't be afraid to do is continue to change and evolve because that's, that's natural. So I hope that we, um, 
looking out into the future, which I do um, find to be um, hopefully very, uh, there will be life after, um, after COVID, just as there was life after various plagues or Spanish influenzas or polio, you know, we do move on um, however long that takes us. And um, I think a lot of these technologies will continue to expand and explode. And, and I know you sort of touched on it, but as a leader yourself, what sort of skills are you going to take from this? Embrace change, you know, move on. You've mentioned a lot. Anything specific that maybe you yourself, because boy, we read your bio and you are a leader. You've done so much and uh, well-decorated and well-recognized, but now this hits. Are you going to take something that you never knew you had as a leader moving forward? You know, I think that... Um when I look at the things I'm proud of, I am most proud of the fact that people have done whatever it took to get the job done and take care of the patients. And for me, I think um, as a leader, I'm continually reminded that it's all about the people at the front lines and making sure they have all the tools that is necessary and continuing to reinforce to them that it will be okay. It is okay. We will keep going. And and that is in the midst of change and uncertainty. So as a leader, I'm continually reminded that no matter what chaos is swirling around, you as a leader, it is imperative that you care about your people and their feelings and their concerns because especially um, change. Change is hard and it is difficult and no one likes to do it. Um, And no one is in the same place on adapting and embracing that change. And your job as a leader is to keep people moving even when they don't want to. And, And that's, I think, the lesson I am continually confronted with and have to remind myself that it's okay you know, when people are not jumping up and down with the same excitement that I am. Um, And, you know, as I said, I'm always excited about uh, what is coming and what we're facing. Um, And I know that we can do anything, but not everyone's in that same place. And and so you need to um, hone and continue to hone your skills with um, people management and with change management. And um, then also remember that you have to create the time for your strategic brain to work because your world is not gonna stop and your world continues to move and you need to be there with it. So there's a piece of your brain that always has to have the strategy on um, and thinking about where you're going um, in the future while managing the present. So so I'm, are kind of things that I'm reminded about every single day. Yeah, it's a balance. It's a balancing act, no question. Uh, more now than ever before, I would imagine. So, Roberta, let's talk now about ACHE and you, because you're a member, you're a fellow. Can you talk about? Can you talk about how how your journey with ACHE has helped you in your career? So, I think ACHE serves a very important purpose for all of us um, in as healthcare executives and as individuals who aspire to be um, in the 
better themselves in the seats that they're in or um, change seats and, and move up and become uh, different levels of executives in the world of healthcare. Um, we learn. I think we learn together. We learn at various functions and webinars and podcasts and uh, in person and virtually. In addition to that, we mentor and we teach. Um, I think it's our responsibility uh, to uh, continue to mentor and teach those um, people who will come after us because there will be people who will come after us and it's uh, very important i enjoyed the other night teaching one of the board of governors review classes and uh, continuing to to stay involved but the other thing is that we recognize that healthcare administration is a field and it, it is a very important field that serves an important purpose it, it's not that anybody can step in and run departments or run a hospital exceedingly well and training the next generation to be able to make sure that they can step into the same seat that we sit in today and that these institutions that will forever be important in the fabric of our world are, um, are treated with um, the degree of respect and reverence that we have today and that um, we continue on as strong leaders in the future to steward our role in these organizations. Well, Roberta, thank you so much for that answer. Thank you for all the insight you've given over the past half hour or so. All the information, you know, this episode title was COVID-19 and a culture of innovation. We can't think of anybody that would be a better guest than you on this topic. So again, thank you for your time. Thank you for being here today. It's been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you for having me. You got it. And thanks to our listeners for joining us today. Remember, this episode of the Healthcare Executive Podcast was brought to you by Kindred. During these unprecedented times and social distancing and visitor restrictions, hospitals always looking for innovative solutions to help patients stay connected with loved ones who can't visit face-to-face. Tools designed to help families connect virtually have proven to increase patient satisfaction and outcomes. To learn how Kindred can help your hospital leverage innovative solutions and increase patient and family engagement, streamline operations, and optimize rehab services during COVID-19 and beyond, visit kindredrehab.com. Once again, thank you, Roberta. We appreciate your time. And folks, we'll see you next time on the Healthcare Executive Podcast. This has been the Healthcare Executive Podcast, brought to you by the American College of Healthcare Executives. If you've enjoyed the show, please consider rating and reviewing on iTunes or your podcasting app of choice. And for more information, find us online at ACHE.org. Thank you.